the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Good afternoon. I'm Jim Stanley sitting in for Brother Bert Harper today and with my good friend, Dr. Alex McFarland. Alex, do you have a good weekend? I had a blessed weekend uh, with Angie, just uh, praying for our nation and answering emails and just, you know, uh, there's a lot in the news. Uh, Jim, I I know we're in Proverbs, and I don't want to get us off track, but um, between some of the events in our nation and then um, just the the Grammy Awards Mm -hmm. last night that just had some very, very... Uh, ungodly things, it just reminds me of how much we need a revival and how much we need to pray for the Spirit of God to move in our nation. We sure do. I was reading a couple of articles on the event at the Grammys last night and the tweet by CBS, you know, that Mm. was uh, referencing worship along with this uh, basically satanic group, if you will. And Mm. uh, they were saying, you know, they had said something and CBS replied back, absolutely, you know, ready to worship, and good night. Uh, And then there, you know, there is blowback from that, of course. And then uh, there were many Christian artists there as well, and some people were— David Crowder was there. Yeah, and they were condemning them for not walking out on that. Um, I don't know how that does or doesn't work. I don't know why they would or wouldn't do that. But it is one of those things that we have to get to the point, uh, and this is an old country song, you know, you you, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for everything. Yeah. And um, it, it's one of those things that at some point Christians have to, to give up, if you will, some of those popularity pieces in order to stand for God. And yeah. I'm not saying that God can't use them. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not condemning them. I'm just saying that even we as Christians have to get to the point that we're willing to go to a city council meeting to stand up for the things of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we do. And, you know, folks, um, we are in a place very much like the first century church. You know, Jim, uh, Paul preached the gospel in Ephesus and uh, preach the gospel in Corinth. Well, Ephesus and Corinth were very, very pagan. I mean, spiritually pagan, very immoral. Um, In fact, um, I've done quite a bit of study. I just bought a brand new book on the history of the ancient world, and it's not a Christian book per se, uh, but I'm telling you, uh, what went on in Ephesus and Corinth is just stuff you can't repeat in polite company. And yet, the gospel got a foothold there, and God grew the church, and people were saved, and it took a while. And so, we're in a place where, honestly, the the darker things are, the more the light of the gospel can shine so brightly. And so, in a way, Jim, uh, I'm encouraged because, look, people are waking up and people are saying, that, you know, we're in an ungodly place. By the way, that um, musical performance, if you can call it that, that was on the Grammys, um, I was reading hundreds and hundreds of comments under some of the videos, and people were saying things like this. They're like, um, I'm not religious, but this is just demonic. Mm. Y- you know. And somebody tweeted, said, um, you know, if, if hell had a soundtrack, certainly this would be it. And so you know, maybe, the, maybe the moment will come by the Holy Spirit whereby we kind of like the 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 prodigal son in the pig pen says he came to himself. Yeah. Maybe we'll have that moment where we might wake up and come to our senses and say, you know what? We're not on the right path. We as a country need to turn back to Christ. Absolutely. Uh, You know, we're at a point in our culture, in our, in our country where we have to fight to have the manger scene at Christmas. And yet you're able to have someone dress up as the devil and have uh, men and women dress as well, and then, you know, almost do a worship service, a worship dance along with the song. Anyway, I don't want to dwell on that. Um, Jim, do you ever think Lucifer is back in the shadows thinking, 
I cannot believe how easy this is. Oh, yeah. I cannot believe how easy uh, it is to get people to fall for that which will condemn their soul. And, you know, folks, if we sound like a couple of, you know, old curmudgeons up here ranting, um, <laughs> it, it's not that. But look, my heart is heavy over a lost world. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, really. You, know, you remember how in the Old Testament, and by the way, we're going to get to Proverbs. We're, we're in Proverbs. But some of the prophets like Jeremiah, um, he would write the burden of the prophet Jeremiah. Because, look, the gospel is good news. Jesus saves. That's glorious news. But when I think about how many people are lost, and they could turn to Jesus, but they won't, yes, that is a burden. That makes my heart heavy. Well, and, you know, for me, I think of of Simon Barjona before he became Peter, uh, saying, you know, in Matthew, it's recorded there in verse 16, um, where he had proclaimed that Christ was the Son of God. And it said, Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father is who, who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, the confession, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I want you to know that verse is just as true now as it was when Jesus said it there in that time. But the thing is, the gates of hell aren't prevailing against us. We're simply letting them in. We're, we're, we're letting it in. We're letting the culture in and we're letting it, you know, destroy, basically destroy us. Uh, yeah. And yeah. so, yes, sir. Uh, one other thing real quick, and uh, I want to touch on this because it's also a matter of news. It's not as much biblical proportion, if you will, as it was to ba- national security, but we need to pray for our leaders we need to pray for them that they will come to take the actions of other nations seriously and not just give them a pass or give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, the, the floating balloon that gathered a lot of news towards the end of last week and over the weekend, uh, that balloon could have been a, could have been anything from a virus to an EMP to any number of things that it could have distributed. And we didn't, do enough to protect ourselves, I think. And yes. so uh, I do want to make that a matter of prayer because when we make things a matter of prayer, we give ourselves permission not to worry about it because we've trusted God with it. Mm. Well, amen. And in fact, Jim, would it be okay if we begin our week with prayer and pray for our nation? Can we do that? Absolutely. That um, I'll tell you what, if I start, will you close? Yes, sir. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you thankful for another week of AFA broadcasting and exploring the Word, and we are in your book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. And Lord, it says that uh, in verse 9 of Proverbs 13, the light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Lord, we know that there's coming a day when you will return and all wickedness will be vanquished. Uh, But right now, Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to strengthen and revive the church. We pray that Christians, all Christians, would be emboldened to witness, to tell others about Christ. Lord, give us the grace and the courage to speak out against darkness and evil. And Lord, I pray for our country that our leaders would look after the interest of America And, Lord, that uh, you would protect our coasts. Please protect us. And, Lord, help us to not be compromised in any way. But, Lord, we're asking this not just so we could prosper, Lord, although you certainly have blessed us. Lord, I'm asking for your blessing and your favor and increase and protection of America so that we can serve you, Jesus, Mm -hmm. that we can be that nation that, that drives the Great Commission. So, Lord, I know we don't deserve it, but please bless us so that we, to this world, could be a blessing. And let us be a nation that is proud and that is, that is truly to say, we follow Jesus Christ. We're proud to name God and his word as our guide. And so, Lord, call us back to yourself, and Lord, use each one of us to that end, and may our ways personally and nationally, may our ways be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, I agree with Alex, and 
with the prayer that he has brought before you, and I ask that you would hear his words, Lord, that you would hear the words of the Scripture as we pray during these times. And, Father, as we teach these Scriptures, that you would help us to be sure to teach what is right and what is true. Father, we ask that you would be with our country, that you would be with our leaders, but, Father, that you would also be with the pastors in the church. I know it sounds like we fuss about folks who aren't doing things, but, Father, there are a lot of pastors who are doing things, who are being lights in their community, who are holding the the, the tide of truth against the onslaught of uh, false and lies. So, Father, I ask that you be with those pastors and that you strengthen them. And, Father, that you remind them that having done all, stand. Lord, help us to stand on your word. Help us to stand in your spirit and help us to rely on you, the strength for all. Now, Lord, we ask these things in the matchless name of Jesus, your Son and our Savior. Amen. Amen. Well said. Well said. Well, we are in Proverbs chapter 13. And uh, Jim, it begins, it says, A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Uh, Proverbs has a lot to say about being teachable, doesn't it? And sure if does. we, if we're wise, we'll receive direction, teaching, even we'll receive a rebuke, because through this we grow. We absolutely do, and we have to be willing you know, to listen. And I think that's one of the things we see it repeated over and over in this scripture, Alex. This is one of those things that we just can't take lightly. You know, if something's repeated, it's either because it's a warning for something we ought to do, or it's a warning against something we ought not do. And, you know, when we see those things, when we see Jesus say, verily, verily, you know, truthfully, truthfully, I say this, He's not repeating verily because he's running out of words to say, but he's saying it so it gets our attention. And when we think of how many times in the Bible we see these things, like it says in Proverbs 13, 1, a wise son heeds his father's instruction. You know, we're considered the children of God. So whose instruction should we be following? But a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And think of those who aren't willing to hear the Word of God. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley with Dr. Alex McFarland. And we'll be back in Proverbs 13, straight ahead on AFR. This is Pause to Pray. A chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Tina Smith, Senator from Minnesota. She is the state's junior senator and has served in office since 2018. Philippians 2.15 reminds us of the qualities of a good leader, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. With this in mind, Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to guide Senator Tina Smith as she represents the people of Minnesota. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. The Bible doesn't say there's anything wrong with having money, but loving money? Dr. Tony Evans says that's a different story. He'll explain today as we spend two minutes with Tony. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, He who loves money will never be satisfied with money because you'll never have enough. Once you love money, Satan's got you. Instead of getting God's help, you get Satan's hurt. He doesn't say it's wrong to have money. He says it's wrong to love it. You love money when it becomes your source. If you're praying more for cash than for a better character, if you treat people with money better than you treat people who don't have money, that shows you have a misplaced view of money. 
God is for money. He gives you the power to make wealth. But he never, ever, never, never, ever wants you to look at money as your source. Because the moment it becomes your source, it's become your lover. And he says you are never to love it because once you love it, the devil has got you in a trap so that you make more money, but you're in more debt now. Why? Because you got trapped, you got duped by the devil because you came up with an unrighteous source of value. God says, I want to be your source, but if you don't want me as your source, fine, I'll let the devil be your source. And the devil is going to take all your dollars and bring you misery because when I bless you, I bring no sorrow with it. Learn how to keep money in its place and God in His. Check out Tony's CD series, Kingdom Stewardship, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139 verses 23 to 24. American Family Radio. And the Salvation Army Band is playing this hymn. And your grace rings out so deep it makes my resistance seem so thin. So hold me, Jesus, cause I'm shaking like a bee. We are in Proverbs chapter 13, Proverbs chapter 13, Alex and Jim Stanley, and we welcome you to another edition, a brand new week beginning of Exploring the Word. And Proverbs has a lot to say about being teachable. Proverbs has a lot to say about the words that come out of our mouth as well. Verse 2 of Proverbs 13, uh, Jim, it says, A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. But the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. Now, eating is not just a meal, but it's really the way you live and the result of your life. And it it basically is saying, look, if if you speak good words and good things come from you, it, it reflects on your character and your soul. And you'll live good because you've got a righteous nature. But it says, the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. Um, basically, there's a result for a righteous lifestyle. There's results for an unrighteous lifestyle, isn't there, Jim? There sure is. And it goes on in verse 3 there, and I'm in the New King James Version in case I don't want to cause any confusion. It says, he who guards his mouth preserves his life. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Jim, there's a whole lot of times in my life I wish I'd known that verse. (laughs) There's a whole lot of times I wish I had adhered to that verse. Uh, the, The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. And, Alex, I think it's fair to point out here that the diligent, it's not just making him rich financially, is it? No, it is. I mean, there are a lot of things in life about which we are to be diligent. Uh, the Bible says, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. And Jim, uh, Angie and I, the longer we've been married, and you know, we try to read daily devotions, the word stewardship means so much to me. And I know there, there's diligence in, you know, you work hard and you try to save money, and, and that's right to do that. Work hard tithe, pay your bills, try to save your money. But I also think there's diligence in our Christian growth, you know, attending to um, what I call the life of the mind, reading and learning and growing, uh, serving, finding out we have skills and abilities. Folks, you can um, volunteer and be on the personnel committee at your church or the prayer team or the finance committee. But I, I really think diligence and I love this in verse 4. It says, the soul of the diligent, some say prosperous or uh, 
King James says shall be made fat. That means increase and prosperity and growth. But um, for the Christian, I will say two things. Life is all about stewardship. And what a joy it is to full out, pedal to the metal, serve Jesus, and to be diligent. But I want to say this too. If you're diligent about being a disciple, you're not going to have time to get into trouble. Mm. Don't you think? I mean, if you're... I mean, if you're about your father's business, you're not going to have time or energy or interest to get off into the weeds, into things you ought not be doing. Absolutely. In verse 5, I want to read, because this goes right along with what you just said. Uh, In verse 5 from the Amplified Version, it says, A consistently righteous man hates lying and deceit, but a wicked man is loathsome. His very breath spreads pollution. And he comes surely to shame. But there's something to be said about being consistently righteous, consistently diligent, and finding that God meets our needs when we do those things. Amen. Well, you know, I'm not going to get this quote correct. I'm paraphrasing, but this is the general, you know, import of it. But Mark Twain said, you know, tell the truth and you won't have to keep track of what you said. That's right. And and that that's that is so true. A righteous man hates lying. Um, verse six says, "Righteousness keeps him that is upright in the way, but the wickedness but wickedness overthrows the sinner." Upright in the way, you know, it's interesting. The early church they called them followers of the way. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, in the latter twentieth century, there was an aberrant group that that used that word, but it's talking about the path of righteousness and. There is our conscience, and there is the law of God written on every heart. But then, very vividly and clearly, there's the Word of God. And if you want to be righteous and walk righteously, and the Bible is very clear, there's blessing in that, then you're going to need to attend to your relationship with the Lord. Uh, Verse 6, wickedness overthrows the sinner. Verse 7 says, There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. The ransom of a man's life are his riches, but the poor heareth not rebuke. Jim, verse 7 is a lot about what we prioritize, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, here's, a, here's the irony. There's a guy who doesn't crave after wealth or, you know, any of the trinkets that the world says, oh, you got to do this and it's important. There are people who, by the world standards, don't have a lot, and yet they truly are rich in the things that matter. On the flip side, verse 7, there are those that have quested after, you know, wine, wealth, women, whatever, and they're really poor. Uh, the New Testament talks about um, thou art destitute and and don't even realize it. And so to know what is truly wealth in God's perspective, I think you've got to read the Bible. You've you've got to know God's Word to know what God says is true riches. Um, We go down there, and I I read this earlier about the light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Uh, There is rejoicing in a life built on God. Uh, There is no no, uh, sustainability in the life of wickedness. Verse 10, only by pride comes contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Uh, Let's talk about this just a little bit. Jim, even within the church, could there sometimes be pride and friction and conflict even within the church sometimes? Well, I think all you have to do is look at the various street corners in one city, and they find Baptist, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Catholic, you know, Protestant, Uh, The list goes on, charismatic, and part of that comes from pride of how they understand what the word means, and they they tend to fight over those things, and that's one of the reasons, you know, for me, it's become a catchphrase, I guess, that we want to talk about the things that unite us and not about the things that divide us, because so often, the things that divide us aren't those things that are going to keep us out of heaven. And so I think sometimes, and and this is very evident here, uh, by pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. 
And I think part of that, you know, like I said, you were asking me if pride comes to the church. I guess a much shorter answer would have been simply yes, sir. Well, you know, I like this word, the well-advised, and I looked that up in in, uh, a lexicon, and it's the one who has had godly counsel. Mm. And, you know, you can get godly counsel talking to godly people. Uh, I get edified whenever I talk to you, Jim, or I talk to Bert, or, you know, uh, there are a lot of wise, godly people. Um, Don't you love those people that you can... You can talk to even a two-minute conversation, but you come away with some nuggets of wisdom and truth, godly people. But the the well-advised, obviously, it's the voice of the Lord, His Word. There's wisdom in being a person who has taken godly counsel. And uh, so you won't be susceptible, hopefully, to pride or, or things that uh, divide. Now, 11, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathers by labor shall increase. Let me just say this, and I don't want to get us off on a rabbit trail, but I read an article in Reader's Digest about how many people that win big jackpots and they end up poorer than they were before the, the, the lottery. There was a week before last, two weeks ago, a guy who had won a $267 million lottery and within eight years was dead broke and and ended up actually dying because of his lifestyle and he was only like 52 years old Mm. wealth gotten by vanity whether it's dishonesty or whatever should be diminished in other words you'll you'll be worse off than before but he who gathers by labor shall increase you know um I've told the story many times about a couple of godly businessmen I knew who had very little formal education, but their motto was uh, live right, say your prayers, work hard. Live right, say your prayers, work hard. You'll begin to succeed. This will work for anybody, won't it, Jim? Sure will, uh, and especially for those who know Christ as Savior because he is a, he, we go back to the very beginning of this where it talks about you know, being willing to listen to the Father. Um, and so when we think of it now, it's still that same uh, foundational stone, if you will, that if we listen to the wisdom of those, if we listen to the wisdom of, of the righteous, then things are better in our lives, or at least they should be. Because the other half of that is if we don't receive it, well, then we're on our own. Proverbs thirteen twelve says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Um, Jim, this is probably not a great illustration, but hope deferred. Uh, I was supposed to get my driver's license, and something happened, and this was like on a Friday, and the day that I was going to get my license, uh, the office was closed, and I had to wait till Tuesday. Now, that was about the longest four days of my life because I I wanted to get my driver's license. And hope deferred made my little 16-year-old heart sick. But when the desire came, it is a tree of life. The day I'll never forget, it was a Tuesday morning. I went and I passed my driver's test. And, uh, oh, man, I was on top of the world. But isn't it true, isn't it just our human nature that, uh, you know, we said, okay, we're going to do it on this day, that day, whatever it is. I don't know if it's to, you know, get uh, your braces taken off your teeth or maybe whatever. But when we are told, uh, hey, you're going to have to wait. Sorry, uh, we told you, but it's not going to happen today. Uh, it takes the wind out of our sails, doesn't it? It sure does, uh, because sometimes we're looking forward to something so hard that to not get it right then you know, is, is we don't have the, we live in an instant gratification society yeah. where our hamburger has to be hot. Our fries has to be crispy and they should both be hot at the same time. So, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, go ahead. The, the word of God so accurately knows human nature, doesn't it? Sure does. Yeah. Well, the law of the wise is a fountain of life, 
to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding gives favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Verse uh, 15. Boy, that is really true. Um, so so many things here that I, we could comment on. We could do a whole show. But let me, let me skip down. Uh, verse 19 says, The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. Hey, when you achieve a goal, maybe maybe it's earning a degree, or it's maybe it's paying off that debt, or maybe it's overcoming. You know, I've I've got somebody I know who they completed a round of chemo, and that last chemo treatment, it was a victory because they, at least for the moment, had beaten cancer. Praise God! A, a desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, and uh, every one of us. Do you know God has things he wants to achieve in your life? And Jim, what I think is a beautiful thing, as we pray through something or work through something, and sometimes it can be very hard, I know that, but do you know what? Not only does God work through us, God works in us. Haven't you found that some of your your maybe biggest trials were actually the times where you uh, grew the, the most deeply in your spirit? Well, we see that in personal growth and in growth of the church as well. I mean, look back to the time of persecution of the early church, and it just blossomed. You know, let's look at the church in China and the um, the persecution that they face. And what's happening, the church is growing. The same is true almost anywhere that people try to subjugate the Word of God and the and those people that are trying to pursue God, you know, they continue to blossom. I think that's part of what we see here in Proverbs. Amen. Uh, Here's why I like to hang out with Ed Vitagliano, verse 20. He that walks with wise men shall be wise. Listen, don't, don't don't you love to try to sit around people that you know are very wise, godly people? Because I, it'll it'll rub off on you. I do. I was kind of worried about which half of that verse you were going to focus on. Well, <laughs> Proverbs twenty verse a. You know. No, Ed is incredible. You know, um, he really I, is. I think of him. I think of um, you know Buddy Smith, and of course Tim Amen. and those. But Ed and uh, Ed and Buddy have been people that I have talked to at different times, and I've found wisdom in what they said. And also, you remember our friend. You know, Marvin Sanders. Oh, my word, Uh, yes. He was, to be able to go and sit down in his office, you know, was one of those things that for me personally, it was to be able to, and if I listened to him, you know, it brought about the desired uh, thing. Hey, folks, this is Exploring the Word. Give us a call at 888-589-8840. When you hear this... This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net. And sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Mom is a face washer, a coupon clipper, and a listening ear. She's a diaper changer, a laundry folder, and a mender of hearts. She's a master juggler of the jobs of the day. She's simply incredible and incredibly busy. At One Million Moms, we understand the hurried pace of the average mom. That's why we've made it so easy for you to take a stand against the trash that's in today's media. Visit 1millionmoms.com. In a world where no one can tell us no. To this day, every human being born on this planet is the product of a male and a female. That's the way God set it up. God created us in his image. A place where Facebook and YouTube have no control. I think the command in scripture relative to men and women is not mainly women sit down, but men stand up, act like men lead as you're supposed to a place where we can no longer be canceled when the scripture speaks god speaks and if you understand that rightly then everything else simply falls into place 
The American Family Association presents the AFA streaming platform. Just visit streaming.afa.net for the latest films, documentaries, and AFA original productions. You'll even find videos from some of your favorite talk shows. All you have to do is create a free account at streaming.afa.net. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away. For truth is stumbled in the street and uprightness cannot enter. My name is Abraham Hamilton III and this is the Hamilton Minute. An important yet under-addressed fact in the Biden classified document scandal is that the Department of Justice entered into an agreement with Mr. Biden's personal attorneys dating back to November 2nd, 2022, concerning the search for and handling of the illegally possessed classified documents. This executive collaboration helps to explain why the illegal possession of the documents initially discovered prior to the 2022 midterm elections was kept from the American people for nearly three months. They spent that time to develop and implement their coordinated PR rollout. Lawlessness abounds where truth is rejected. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Exploring the Word is back on the American Family Radio Network. By the way, you can listen to these and other shows archived at AFR.net, AFR.net. You can share the shows with other people. If, if you hear something, you say, that would be a blessing to somebody. You can go to AFR.net and share these programs and also the mobile app that is just so good. And you can listen on your phone to all this great programming. The number, by the way, your Bible question, we would love for you to call in with a Bible question today. It's 888 for questions. And Jim, we had great questions on Friday. Bert Harper and I were on there. And, um, you know, we didn't get to everybody. There were one or two we just couldn't squeeze in. So if you didn't get your question answered last week, well, give it a try today, and we'll do our best to give you an answer that is biblical, factual, practical, and godly. That's our that's our motto, isn't it? Sure is. It's a, That's at least our aim, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Let's, well, let's talk to Marty Culling from Mississippi. Marty, welcome to Exploring the Word. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. I'll try to make this as short and sweet as I can with my questions. Um, I'm doing a study on Revelation chapter 4, uh, talking about the throne room of God, and I'm trying trying to get this right. Um, who is actually on the throne? Is it the Father or is it Jesus? Question number one. Number two is when it's talking about the seven spirits, is that talking about what's mentioned in Isaiah as concerning uh, the seven attributes of the Holy Spirit? And exactly if you can give me your take on who the 24 elders represent, the church or someone else. All right, let's repeat those for us, if you would. Now, I, I think the first one was, who's, who's on, on the, the throne? throne? Yeah. Right, I believe it's the Father, from what I can understand. Uh, um, and the 24 elders, to the elders, the representatives of the church, now that the church is in heaven, uh, in chapter 4. And the seven spirits, is that concerning the attributes of the Holy Spirit? Or is that concerning something else? All right. Marty, stand by. I'm going to let Alex answer these for you because he is much smarter than I. Well, I don't know about that. But yes, I, I really think it's the Father on the throne in heaven. The Father in, on the throne in heaven. Um, John sees the glory of God, and God the Father is there. Now, the 24 elders, it's interesting— um, I believe these are the representatives of the Old Testament and New Testament saints. I mean, before the cross, you've got um, the 12 tribes of Israel, and you've got, um, they are saved by faith. In faith, they look to the Messiah that would come. We look back at the Messiah that did come. And then you've got the 12 apostles. And do you know what, Jim? All of the believers of all the centuries, in one way or another, are the... the uh, outflow of the faithfulness of the tribes and apostles. And then finally, the seven spirits, 
um, really, most commentators, because we know there's only one God, there's one Holy Spirit, but yet the the perfection, the complete perfection. Now, the Spirit of God convicts, the Spirit of God converts, the Spirit of God indwells, the Spirit of God seals, the Spirit of God teaches, the Spirit of God directs, and the Spirit of God sustains. I mean, those are at least seven ministries of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. So, um, you know, there aren't seven different Holy Spirits. There's one Holy Spirit. But most commentators would say that seven refers to the, the, the various ministries and just the perfection of God at work in the life of all believers. Amen. Good stuff. Marty, thank you for your call. You and Bert did a study on um, the book of Revelation. We did. And yeah. that's available in our resource center. We did. It's several hours. I forget how many hours. It's 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 a lot of hours, but it's called Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. And if you go to, I believe, is it resources.afa.net? Yes, sir. Like resources, plural, resources.afa. Uh, very, very nominal price, but the, the audio series we did on Daniel and Revelation, all of Bible prophecy, we go through the entire book of Revelation, uh, every chapter, and I think that might be a good help to people. Sure would, uh, and hope that helps. All right, Chris, let's talk to you now, brother. In Acts, uh, in Acts chapter ten, Cornelius he has that dream, and uh, tells the angel tells him to meet Peter, to go get Peter. And anyway, Peter has that dream, and and anyway, you see, Peter says no, uh, and then over in Mark chapter seven, you see. Uh, where it says, uh, thus making foods all clean. But in the Greek that I read, it says uh, purifying all food. So where is it that that the, the food laws are done away with? Well, I Great think we question. touched on that Thursday, didn't we, Alex, when we talked about Peter's revelation? Yeah, yeah. Peter had this vision of a great scroll that came down from heaven, and there were all kinds of foods and everything. And... You know, I, I really think the best place that we can see that the old ceremonial laws were done away with, now not the moral laws, we still don't steal or murder, you know, we still are to live morally, but the ceremonial laws of the Levitical covenant uh, were done away on the cross, and I think the best illustration of that in Matthew 27, when the curtain of the temple ripped top to bottom, and Jim, it shows that uh, it was paid in full. Christ said, it is finished. And so uh, we can eat, you know, uh, everything is clean uh, for the Christian. Now, we're not to abuse or indulge, uh, you know, we're supposed to show moderation. But I think that vision of the scroll and the, it's almost like a big picnic blanket was spread out, wasn't it? And Peter got to to go to go and eat, didn't he? He sure did, um, and yes, yes, he did. And I'm not going to get as excited about that as I did Thursday. I'm trying to restrain restrain myself and behave a little bit. Acts ten thirteen. Did you say that our, our friends uh, at Duck Dynasty have a yeah. T-shirt that says "Rise, Kill, and Eat"? It, they do, as a matter of fact. Uh, I referred to them as our friends in West Monroe, but. I think everybody knew who we were talking about. Uh, and, you know, that's been quite a ministry for those guys, and they have certainly blessed the community and blessed those around them. And so uh, we just bless them and their continued efforts. The thing I want to do is I just want to go ride on the four-wheeler with Phil for yes. about an hour. And uh, because that guy, he just has he has a lot more common sense than most, and we'll leave it at that. All right, let's talk to Castro calling from Texas. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Uh, thank you, uh, guys. And first of all, I want to thank God for your ministry, and I really appreciate it. And also, so my question is, uh, I have several friends of mine that some were baptized in the name of the the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and some were baptized in the name of Jesus. So is there's a difference in the sense uh, when it comes to salvation in which you get baptized, or does it matter? And like I said, I, both of my 
both sides of the France, I can see their their fruits and their the love for God and stuff like that. But that has always bothered my mind when reading the Word, and I see either or, and you know, when they try to explain to me. But I would like to get your uh, your opinion or, or your comments on that, and uh, I'll hang up and I appreciate it. All right, Castro, thank mm-hmm. you for the call. You know, Alex, that is one of those things that um, you there are separate instructions on how to be baptized. And, and we understand that. However, one of the things that we forget is that if we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're baptizing in the Trinity. If we're baptizing in the name of Jesus, we understand that Jesus is part of the Trinity. So God and the Holy, God the Father and the Holy Spirit are included in that one as well, aren't they? You know, uh, it's interesting. Um, some of the creeds of the early church would use this phrase, um, of God. They would say, not divisible in substance. Mm. In other words, the nature of God, the essence, the nature of God can't be separated. And so Jesus in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, when he was given the Great Commission, he said, go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The great, uh, we call that the Trinitarian formula. Now in Acts 2, 38, uh, and this is, you know, caused a little bit of contention in some quarters because Acts two thirty eight, Peter is preaching and he says, "Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ." Well, let, let me just say this: you could baptize some believer's baptism. By the way, mm-hmm. this is somebody who's been saved. Um, you could baptize somebody in the name of the Holy Spirit of God. You could baptize somebody in the name of the Father. Because the the nature of God is indivisible, can't be separated. Um, Jim, I think if you've invoked the name of one, you've invoked the name of all, haven't you? I, I agree, absolutely. And it's one of those things that we don't want to cause conflict or strife, but uh, Castro, to go back, part of it is because of denominations. And it even goes back, you know, to some of the things we talked about earlier in Proverbs is that folks get stuck in the traditions of men, and sometimes they forget to go back to the very gospel that they claim supports what it is they're doing and why they do it that way. The main thing is that you do know Christ as Savior, because if not, you're just getting a bath. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Folks, let me give this number. It's 888 589-8840. If you've got a Bible question, call in. All right. Let's talk to Larry calling from Kansas. Larry, welcome to Exploring the Word. Wow, you guys are my favorite program. You, I, you're just so knowledgeable. Thank you for everything that you do. You. I'm, to God uh, be the glory. I'm reading through, oh, amen, amen. I'm reading through the Bible. I'm in an Exodus, uh, chapter 16. In verse 3, I read today that the people were grumbling because back in Egypt they had, you know, pots of meat, uh, and uh, now they didn't have any. And I was curious because didn't they take all their flocks and herds with them? Why would they be complaining about not having meat? Maybe they had eaten them all up by this point, (laughs) you know? Well, you know, when you look at it in the totality of the— of the time in the desert, uh, you'll find that they were complaining about one thing or another, Larry. And uh, I agree with Alex. You know, I I don't disagree about the flocks that they took with them. Part of those were probably being saved, uh, you know, because, again, they're complaining about food they didn't have to work for. They were complaining about the manna that was coming down that God was extending to them, you know, basically daily. And enough for two days on the Sabbath. But he he at least made sure they had to work, Alex, because it was one of those things they had to go out and gather it daily. Otherwise, the next day it was rotten. Yeah. And at one point they had quail. Quail is, right. is meat, but they complained about that. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is if, if we had been there, I don't, I don't know that we would have done much differently. You know, the 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 heart, unless we nurture our heart, we tend to take things for granted. I, Jim, I think we take the Lord for granted and his blessing. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
when they murmured against God, though, he had to he had to chastise them on several occasions. Sure did. All right, going to talk to Jeff now. Jeff, good afternoon, and welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, I got a question. I've read in several commentaries that gift or faith is a gift from God, and they use Ephesians, I think it's two eight, about uh, salvation is grace and it's a gift. Uh, you guys have any comments on that? I've, I've never heard that before. About faith being a gift from God? Yes. All right, Alex. Yeah, yeah well, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about one of the gifts of the Spirit is is faith. But Ephesians 2, you know, we're, we're saved through faith, not works. But I do think, Jim, now look, there, there's saving faith. We trust. The word means trust. Trust in Jesus. But I think oftentimes when it comes to believing God for great things and, and having the, the, the trust to obey God and to see a vision, yeah, I really think that it's a gift. Just like some have a spiritual gift of administration or some have a gift of teaching or some have a gift of evangelism. Now, here's the thing. Every one of you, Every one of us, myself included, our faith can grow. Uh, God will meet us halfway. And if you're willing to trust God today and you pray and ask him, he will increase your faith. But, Jim, I've said this many times, forgive my repetition, but one of the greatest people of faith, I think, of the 20th century was Bill Bright Mm. of Campus Crusade. And at one point, they had half a million people on staff. Brad Bright, when his father went to heaven, I called him up and I mean, Bill Bright was legendary, and he said, my dad served a big God. That's faith, to believe God for great big things. Let's let's have big faith. Erwin Lutzer said to me, we need to have some faith that trust, obedience, call it what you will. We need some faith that can change history. Exploring the word audience, let that big faith be birthed in our hearts today. Mm, amen. Well, folks, this has been Exploring the Word. That was Dr. Alex McFarland. And you can find out about Alex's ministry full-time that he does uh, at alexmcfarland.com. That's alexmcfarland.com. He is willing to come to your community. He has a couple of camps going on this summer. And then he also has some town halls coming up. And yet, he still finds time to be with us most every day here on Exploring the Word. And we're grateful for him. Alex, have a great afternoon. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for listening, everybody. Tell somebody about the American Family Radio Network, but most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.